All right. Good morning, everyone. Can you guys hear me okay? Awesome. Great. Hey, I'm Josh. I am the leadership resident here with my lovely wife, Laura, and our children. Um, I'm also the connections guy here at Involved. So if you're new, um, just want you to know that. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about posture, posture in prayer. You can tell a lot from a person's posture. Like my posture right now, does it like tell you I'm nervous? I'm actually like super nervous every time I get up here, you know. Um, but you can tell a lot about a lot from posture. Uh, a lot of what we say is nonverbal, and a lot of our nonverbal is our posture, how we how we're conducting ourselves in that way. God cares about posture. He cares about how we posture ourselves before Him when we pray to Him. Now there have been some interesting, uh, popular postures of prayer. In the past, can you guys kind of think maybe of a posture of prayer in the past that's been like super popular? You guys remember this one? If I could, you have to turn that on. That would be good. Yeah. (laughs) This one? T bowing, right? All right. So, like, everyone's saying, hey, he's T bowing, right? And I'm like, no, he's praying. People have been doing that for centuries, you know? (laughs) The posture of prayer, T bowing. Uh, Here's another posture of prayer that I came across. This one. Can you see that one? I've never tried that one, mostly because if I did, I probably would not be able to get up after that. So, like, I, this one couldn't go there, you know? Um, How about this one? You ever tried that one? I did try that one. (laughs) And, like, halfway to that one, maybe a quarter of the way to that one, my hands went completely numb. And I could not feel them, and I decided, like, not to do that, because <laughs> it would be bad for me. We can laugh about these things, and I mean, the, the posture of prayer, it really has more to do with your heart than it does with something like this, our posture in prayer. I know that places can be significant for us in prayer. I know that for me in, in college, I'm praying underneath this willow tree where it was just me and God. Um, over by this vernal pool that was on the school's property. That was where I experienced a lot of closeness with God in prayer. But you know, it wasn't, it wasn't the place that made it significant. It was the closeness I felt with God through praying to him, just me and him out there. I've struggled to make prayer a treasure of my heart throughout my life. Maybe you have too. I've struggled to make corporate prayer, like praying with people, a, a treasure in my life. There are things that can get in my way, that can get in our ways when we're praying with each other. When we're, when we're praying in groups, there are things that can get in our way like we just don't feel, have, like we feel like we have time to do that. Or when we're praying in groups, we feel like someone else will do it better, so I just won't pray this time, right? Or I'm just not feeling it today. Or how about this one? If I pray in this group of people, I might interrupt someone else, and that's just like totally awkward, right? You know what I mean by that? Like, you're like, both of you go at the same time, you're like, oh, no, no, you go, no, we're so, I'm not even looking at you because my eyes are closed, yours are not, that's bad. Anyway, so <laughs> you're like doing the robot with that, likely, you know. That's just awkward, right? I mean, these are the things that can go through our head, but what if what was going through our head was just being close to Jesus in prayer together? What if it was just talking to God together? What if that was the overflowing joy, motivation of our hearts when we were praying in those circumstances, that we get to talk to God together? What if it was that joy and motivation for us 
as we go to our Heavenly Father in prayer by ourselves. I think that my daughter Hosanna is a good illustration of this. When she approached my daughter Hosanna, she's three and she's like the most cutest thing ever, you know. Um, and uh, she comes and, and a lot of times, you know, she gets like owies, you know. And she'll come in and, and I'll tell you how she doesn't do it, okay. She doesn't like march in and approach her father, right. And she's like, father, dear father, I have an owie. I need a Band-Aid. Amen. <laughs> you know? And then walk out. She doesn't do that. She comes in and she's like ready to just cry her little eyes out, right? And she goes, Dad, I have an owie, and just like totally melts into my lap, right, for a hug, you know? And she asks for a Band-Aid because she knows I can console her. She knows that her father loves her, and so she approaches me in that way. How do you approach your father who is in heaven when you pray? God's going to teach us from his word to watch the way that we pray here in Matthew 6, 5 through 8. So will you pray with me? God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for everyone that you have here today. It wasn't by accident that they're here, God. You planned this. You have things from your word you want us to hear. You have seeds you want to plant in our heart. You have ways you want us to teach to be closer to you and pray. So I pray that we would get that from your word today. And I pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. So let's look at the principles that God has for us to watch the way that we pray together in Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 8. And I need my next slide there. There we go. So the first point we're going to see in in Matthew 6, 5 through 8 is that uh, prayer is postured before God, not people. Prayer is postured before God, not people. So in pointing us to watch the way we pray, Jesus begins talking to a large group mainly of of Jewish people. And he says this, picking up in verse 5 here. He says, Whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. Now here he's got like a command for us. You must not be like those hypocrites, likely referring to the Pharisees or the religious rulers of that day in the nation of Israel. Jesus referred to the Pharisees as hypocrites a few times in the Synoptic Gospels. When Jesus is talking to this group of people, when he's saying these things, He's talking to the nation of Israel mainly. And this nation of Israel, at one time they'd been a country, a a people group who had been known as a people of peace, a people of safety. If you wanted to know God, though you were far from God, you could go to Israel because they, their God was God, right? They knew God. The Israelite people were a beacon of light in the darkness. But over time, their light faded and they began to disdain the community that they lived in. They began to disdain the people around them. They became darkness instead of being the light. Jesus' audience disdained the community of individuals they lived around. Why? Because the community that they lived around, those other people, they had different gods. They had different skin. They had separate political or economic ideas. They had different social and ethical beliefs. So God's people began to disdain the people around them that they were to be witnessing to, that they were to be missionaries to and toward. So here Jesus is saying, if you want to catch the Father's heart, watch the way that you pray. What's wrong with the way that they pray? In verse 5, about halfway into the verse, says, because they love. So he says, because they love to pray, speaking of the hypocrites, right, and the Pharisees, because they love to pray, standing in the synagogues, And on the street corners to be seen by people. 
Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. So these Pharisees were praying out in the open, in the synagogues, in the street corners. Why? To be seen by people. They wanted honor from people. It's clear from the context here, that's what they wanted. And when it says, because they love, that word love, like they have this strong desire, inner passion to see people watch them pray. And they want the honor from those people instead of honoring God. The way they would pray would be very bold and very public, that they were trying to get honor for themselves. They wanted to be seen by others. They wanted the starring role. You ever had a starring role? And have you ever been like performers? I know what it's like to want the starring role. I remember in, uh, in high school, I was in this punk rock band, and we were not that cool. Thanks, Dan. It's actually this, not this. This is rock on. Anyway, that's not what this is about. Um, <laughs> uh, though I like to do that a lot. Uh, anyway, so we were like this garage version of Reliant K mixed with Backstreet Boys with guitars. Like it was insane. Don't Google it. Please don't. Especially not during the service, okay? All right. Um, anyhow, I remember that we would get up, we'd sound check, and we wanted to be the stars of the show, right? So we get up there, and we play our instruments for maybe like two minutes. And then we'd go down below uh, behind the stage, and we'd like fix our hair, and we'd make sure like our clothes looked right, you know? And I remember one time I, bought, I brought this uh, pink bow tie that I like wanted to wear, and I didn't know how to tie a bow tie, so I spent like 30 minutes trying to tie this bow tie, you know? This looked ridiculous. And that's what it was. It was just ridiculous, right? These Pharisees, they wanted to be the stars of the show, okay? They wanted to be seen by everyone else. And Jesus is saying, you know what? They might get a couple, a couple claps or a couple attaboys here and there, but that's all they're going to get. That is their reward, is a brief moment of notice from people. Watch the way you pray. So if this is not the way that we're supposed to pray, then how do we aim for authenticity? How does God want us to pray? We see that in verse 6. If this will advance to the next slide. Okay. The posture of prayer is spiritual closeness with God. So this is what God does want to see. The posture of prayer is spiritual closeness with God. That's what God wants, and that's what honors God. We see that in verse 6. He teaches us to watch the way we pray. Verse 6 says, But when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. This is the aim of the authentic prayer. Spiritual closeness with God. Notice that Jesus puts a but in there. A strong contrasting word. Pray like this. Go into your private room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. Prayer, the way God wants it, is about intimacy between you and God, closeness between you and God. He wants your communication. He wants you to share his heart. He wants you to share your heart with him. It's about connecting with Almighty God, not for attention from others, not to approach God like a vending machine, but to just love being with God in prayer. Or to watch the way we pray. Take those special close intimate times, those spiritual close times with God. Just you and him. When I think about what, what this means from the scriptures here, I, I often think of 
the way that my wife Laura and I would talk on the phone before we were married, uh, when we started that dating, courtship, whatever they called it back then, you know, um, I asked Laura's dad, you know, can I, can I talk to her, like, on the phone? He's like, sure, you can have one phone call a week. And I'm like, kind of sounds like prison to me, but anyway, so he's like, it is. But, um, but uh, I remember that one phone call a week, he never said how long it could be. So we'd talk for, you know, like four, five, six hours at a time. And I remember I'd wait for my nights and weekends because those were free back then. And like half of you are staring at me like you don't know. Okay, so if you're younger than 18, like we didn't have this like unlimited talk and text thing, okay? We were deprived. We had to wait until after 5 p.m., even on the East Coast, okay? And we could have, you know, those free phone calls after that. But before that, cost like buco bucks and I didn't work enough to pay for that. So back then, we'd have these special conversations, just her and I. I'd go out, and I'd talk with her in my car, and I hated my car. My car was like this cheap Saturn car that had plastic sides and was not cool, <laughs> okay? Um, and we just, we just talk, and we'd love talking together. And she could call up when I was in, like, the middle of a, a group of people, and I didn't care. I'd answer it right then and there. So what I'm, what I'm getting at, what I'm saying is that when we watch the way we pray, you can talk to God in a crowd of people. You can talk to him um, at school or at work in, in your lunchtime. Or you could talk to him by yourself. And the core of it is just being close with God in prayer. God wants spiritual intimacy. This is in accordance with the posture he is prescribing to us here. In verse 6, at the end of the verse, he says... And your father who sees in secret will reward you. So first in verse 5, they talked about everyone else watching the Pharisees, right? So that everyone's seen by them. In verse 6, he's saying, God who sees you. And Jesus is using this powerful contrast here. To be seen by people or to be seen by God. In God's eyes here, this is what prayer is supposed to be. Closeness with you and him. Where God's the star of the show. And you come to him humbly and share his heart, and your heart with him. Jesus is going to give one more warning when it comes to prayer. Prayer is postured with words that reflect God, that reflect correct standing, excuse me, before God. Prayer is postured with words that reflect correct standing before God. Verse 7 and 8 say this, They say, when you pray, don't babble like the Gentiles, since they imagine they'll be heard for for their many words. Don't be like them, because your Father knows the things you need before you ask Him. So another strong command here. Don't, you're to not, babble like the Gentiles. What does babble mean? Babble essentially means to say the same word like over and over. So for the Jews, they were surrounded by these nations called Gentile nations, and they would say like their languages sounded like the same word over and over and over. And so they called that Babel. And these Gentile people, they would yammer or, or just speak over and over on and on and on to try to like conjure or, or gain the ear of their God, which is different than the one true God. They would yammer on and on. Kind of like uh, if you've ever sat down to coffee or to dinner with someone, you ask them how their week is going or what, 
you know, how, how their life's going, and they start to talk, and they keep talking, and you keep listening, and you try not to yawn, and then you worry because you're wondering if they can see that your eyes are like totally glazed over and you just don't care anymore, you know? Um, can, can you imagine if we approach God like that, we just yammered on and on and on, and he's like glazing over at us? Can you imagine that? For the Gentiles, their gods were different. They weren't like our God. For the Gentiles, they had these gods, like, for instance, the Roman gods and the Greek gods at this time, right? And for their gods, they had to, like, do these specific over and over things for them because they had to try to catch their ear. Their gods were like us. Their gods were like people. They would get in fights, and they would solve their problems, and they would be happy, and they would be sad, and they'd be overjoyed, and they'd be, you know, just down in the dumps. And they had conflicts, and they tried to resolve them, and, you know, on and on and on, right? So they had to try to catch their, try to sell their prayers to their God. I, I wonder, the Gentiles would think, I wonder if I, could just, if I could just catch their ear and then convince them how much I need X, Y, Z, right? And what Jesus is saying here is the one true God is not like that. When you're a child of God, when you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ for forgiveness of your sins, and you're a child of God, you have God's ear. You don't have to try to conjure God. You don't have to try to work your way or work yourself up so that he might hear you. God, your Father in heaven, he does hear you. Not only does he hear you, he knows what you're going to ask before you ask it. You don't have to sell your prayer to God. You don't have to treat God like a vending machine, put in the right currency to get out what you want. You have a loving, caring Father in heaven. He knows what you need and he knows what you want. So why does he even want you to pray then? Because that's intimacy, because that's closeness, because that's sharing hearts. And that's what God wants in prayer. He wants spiritual closeness with you and with me. So watch the way that you pray. In the end of this verse, in verse 8, he says, um, says, don't be like them because your father knows the things you need before you ask them. And 7, 8, it talks about how God will reward you, right? What is that reward? That reward is that closeness with God, that spiritual intimacy with God. We ought to find the greatest satisfaction in the way that we pray. We ought to be satisfied in God, and he ought to be satisfied with us and how we pray. So, when we sit down to pray, the question is this. What are we thinking about? Are you thinking when you pray, especially corporately, what will others think of me? Are you thinking about that? If you are, Jesus is teaching us that's the wrong direction to go in. But we can be joyful and hopeful in our posture of prayer because we know that God knows what we need before we even ask, that he is all-powerful, he is all-knowing, and he is good and he wants to share us to share our heart with him and his heart with us. So a few questions to ask ourselves about the way that we pray. These are questions I've been pondering this last week about my prayer life. These are questions I hope you ask yourself about the way that you posture yourself and pray. As you watch the way that you pray, think about these questions. 
When you pray, do you think more about God or people? And I can even do this in, in thinking about who I'm praying for. And pretty soon, I, my mind drifts off, and I'm not even thinking about praying anymore. I'm not thinking about God. I'm just thinking about myself or others. Who are you thinking about when you pray? Two, the second one is, are you praying for spiritual closeness with God? In other words, um, are we treating God like a vending machine? Am I treating God like a vending machine? Just praying to get something out? Just putting that correct prayer currency in so that hopefully I'll get what I want out of God? Or is the purpose of my prayer closeness with God? The third one is probably the most humbling one, I think. Number three is, on a scale of one to ten, how would you rate the authenticity of your prayers? How would you rate the authenticity of your prayers? In other words, when you seek God in prayer, for, for what reason is it? And does it line up with what we just read in our Bibles together in Matthew 6, verses 5 through 8? I want to tell one last story as we're talking about prayer. Um, a friend shared with me this last week that he is in the service industry and he decided to help someone at his counter and that person he just knew was having a bad week, asked a few questions, the person just melted down, death in the family, crying right at this person's counter. And this person got to pray with them, pray over them. What a way to show a missionary's heart. What a way to show God's heart in praying for others that are, that are hurting. Because if we can get our prayer life on track, maybe we could share that with others. Maybe we, we, maybe we would pray over others more if we got the posture of prayer right as prescribed in these verses. Maybe you're thinking, you know, I want to pray or I try to pray, but it, maybe you're thinking, yeah, I could really ask myself these three questions. Or maybe you're thinking, um, I don't have a relationship with God, so prayer for me is awkward. Will you pray with me right now? Let's pray as we close. God, I thank you so much for all that you do and all that you are. I thank you that you involve us in your mission to make more and better followers of Jesus. I pray that you do that in us and through us today, God. And I pray that if there's anyone here who doesn't have a relationship with you, that they would believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for the wrong things that they've done, that they would know that they have a home in heaven and a relationship with you right now. You'd fill them with your Holy Spirit. You'd enable them, excuse me, to live a life that is pleasing to you. God, I pray that you would make involved church, a church where people are posturing themselves in prayer and in humility and in love to you and spiritual closeness with you. I pray that all those here, they're not here by accident. God, you've gathered here, who you have here this morning for a reason. I pray that you would teach us to posture our hearts and our prayers in a way that would make you smile and in a way that would be a light to the people around us, in a way that would cause us to make more and better disciples, more and better people that, to follow Jesus. So I thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for our sins, for giving us new life. And I, I pray these things in your name. Amen. the time we take here we are hey 
Welcome. Um, we take just a couple minutes just to, to think through those, spend some time between you and God in, in prayer uh, with a couple of those questions, just in reflection as you look at your own life and examine it and say, hey, where am I in, on that scale or where am I in those areas when it comes to prayer? And so, again, we want to thank Josh for coming and preparing a message that I know is challenging to, to my heart as I think about prayer. And next week, we get to follow up with the model of prayer, the Lord's Prayer, and how to, how to pray. So if you're sitting there going, okay, well, we got the motivation, uh, let's, let's talk about how to pray. That's what we're going to be doing next week, so we invite you to come back with us. But take a couple minutes, and then we'll close together in song.